You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shem and Shizrael 5781-2021. This week's Parsha is Parsha's B'Shalach, and before we get into the Parsha, I'd like to mention something that's on my mind, I'm thinking about, and depending on your response, we'll see what happens, and that is that I'm considering doing this Parsha podcast live on Thursday, Thursday evening for me, about 10 o'clock p.m., 3 p.m. Eastern, midday West, West Coast, as a Zoom uh, sheer that I give, and you guys can re- interact with me. Basically, I'll give the sheer, Blinad there. We'll give the sheer 20 to 25 minutes, and then we'll have 15 minutes of questions, if there are any. If you might be interested in such a thing, please send an email to arigoldwag at gmail.com, and we'll see based on the response that we get if we perhaps start to do this as a live shear weekly. Okay, let's get into the Parsha. I'd like to share with you a concept about the Parsha's Haman. The Man was the amazing, special bread that Hashem brought down from the heavens every single day for 40 years. The Jews were in the Midbar, that they were in the wilderness. And the Pasuk tells us, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to bring down an imamter lachem. We'll need to understand what does the word mamtir mean. But the word matar we know, we say talu matar levracha, it means rain. I'm going to rain down upon you bread from the heavens. Then the Jewish people need to go out and collect it. And I want to test them whether they will go in my laws or not. Okay, so the Torah lays down for us the concept of the mon. And the mon was an unbelievable thing. I saw uh, someone mentioned in Shul, Ari Abir, told me that the words manhu, the Jewish people, when they saw the mon, they said, manhu, it is mon, or what is it? Manhu is the letters emuna, which means faith. The word Hashomayim is the same as the word Parnasa. It's the word which means livelihood. The man represents the concept of livelihood. It represents our emuna in Hashem, our faith in God, that He will provide us with all of our needs. And I'd like to share with you a medrash, and it's also a Gemara and Yuma, Dafayin Vav. And the medrash and the Gemara tell us an incredible thing. And I want to understand the depth of what this medrash what this Gemara is saying. I'd like to read the Medrash first, and we'll see if we get to the Gemara. It's basically the same idea. The, the Medrash brings this Pasuk. An amazing thing, says the Medrash. The Pasuk tells us, King David said, this is in chapter 23 of Tehillim, Order for me in front of me my table in front of my oppressors. What is this Pasuk referring to, says the Medrash? It's talking about us. It's talking about our Parsha, the Parsha of the Mon. When did Klai Yisrael make this statement that God placed in front of us all of our needs on the table in order to defy our oppressors? They left Egypt and the nations of the world said, where are they going? How will they survive? It doesn't make sense. Like, think about it from the Egyptians' perspective. This entire nation of a million and a half people leaves. Where are they going? They're going to a place, Eretz Loizerua. You can't plant anything there. There's no food there. 
So the nations of the world said, they're going to just die in the wilderness. Amru. Pasuk says, Tehillim, Perak Ayin Ches, 78, verse 19. Can God perform this amazing feat of giving them all of their needs on their table in front of them in the Midbar? So it seemed impossible, and the nations of the world so they're, they're headed for death. What did God do? First of all, He had them all sit down and relax. Hesse was like what we do on Pesach. We lean over. We're relaxed. We're like kings. Get ready for the meal. And He did this under the under the clouds of glory. God Vayasev, which could mean to turn them around, could also mean Lashon Haseba, sitting them down. And he fed them this man. Suppose he says in Devarim in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 16, God gave you this man to eat. Now listen to this Medrash because it's amazing. And we need to understand what it means. It's one of those Midrashim that we always talk about, trying to understand what is the concept. Says the Madrash here, and the Gemara in Yuma spells it out exactly that the man was higher, the height of the man was higher than the waters of the Mabel, the waters of the great flood in the times of Noah. As the Pesach says, in reference to when Hashem brought the man to the Jewish people, so the Pesach says that God opened up the heavens. The doors of the heavens were opened. In regards to the flood, the verse tells us, same word. The windows, there it says windows. Here it says doors, there it says windows. The windows of the heavens were opened. So the Gemara Numa, we'll see if we read it inside at all, but the Gemara Numa says that there were the windows of the heavens by the marble. Every delas, every door, has the amount of four windows. Okay? So two windows were opened in regards to the marble, the flood, the waters came tumbling down. Also matar. Hopefully we'll get back to the fact that it's called matar. It's raining down. And over here as well, you have two doors. Each door is four windows. So it's times four. Two windows by the marble. Four Do, uh, two doors, which is eight windows, it's kaful arma, it's times four. So we have that when it came to the marble, says the Gemara and Yuma, when it came to the marble, so the waters rose above the mountains 15 amos, 15 cubits, which is approximately one and a half times or two, two feet per cubit, somewhere between, you know, uh, you do the math. 15 times two is 30. So about 30 feet, three stories high. Over here, it was times four. It was 60. It was 15 amas there, 15 cubits there by the mud, by the flood. Here it was 60 cubits. That's how high the mun was. Okay, so think about it. The mun came raining down. Sasha made it. It came down raining down. And it made, as I understand it, a pile that was 60 cubits high. Massive, massive pile. Every day. That's what it sounds like. 
What happened? So the nations of the world, and the language I believe in the Gemara is the kings of the east and the west, they saw this amazing thing, this amazing pile. It's not clear exactly how they were able to see it, but somehow it was shown to them. They were able to see it, and they said, wow, they started to praise Hashem. They started to praise Hashem of this, because of this amazing thing that Hashem did for the Jewish people. And the Medjush finishes off and says, And in the future time, when Mashiach comes, when the Messiah arrives, so Hashem will provide peace for the Jewish people. And they indeed will be Mesub and they'll be sitting, they'll be like kings sitting and eating in Ganeda in the Garden of Eden. According to one Girsa, the other nations of the world will see this and they will melt. They will melt from jealousy. The Pesach says in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 13, talking about the Mashiach's times, that the Jewish people are going to be fed, HaKadosh Baruch is going to provide them with all of their needs. We're going to have amazing peace, we're going to have amazing... All the things that we need are going to be provided. Shem will provide those things, and the nations of the world will look on, and they will melt. They will, they will not have that feeling of satisfaction that the Jewish people have. Now I want to understand, clearly when the Medrash gives us a number like 60, the number 60 is not a coincidence, the number means something. Gemara, in, in comparing the numbers of 60 to 15, so the Gemara in Yuma says that there's a concept that the, the, when we talk about good things that Hashem does, so it's always on a greater scale than the bad things that Hashem does when Hashem is coming to destroy the world, so the, the water rises 15 amas, 15 cubits, when Hashem wants to give mon to the Jewish people, he wants to rain down the, this amazing bread, the manna. So it's times four, it's on a higher level, it's in a greater scale. What is the idea here of the number 60? Let's try to understand that, perhaps. What is the relationship when we have a connection between the mabul, when we have a connection between the mon? What does that connection mean? What is, what is the Medrash teaching us? What is the Gemara teaching us with this connection of the mabul and the mon? And what does it mean that it's being done in the face of the Umas Ayalam, the nations of the world? And why is it that the Umas Ayalam, that the nations of the world, do not have access to this kind of miraculous, uh, awesome level? This awesome way that Hashem interacts with the Jewish people and gives them their food in this miraculous way. So there's a lot to say here, and we'll see how much time we have for it, but I'd like to read to you from a little piece in the next Medrash, which I think begins, begins to give us the answer to these questions. God dwells in the heavens. Right? He's bringing us down the, the, the bread from the heavens. He's causing it to rain down this amazing bread, the manna. He dwells in the heavens. Hashem brings us up to where He is. He brings us up to where He is. We're down in the dumps. We're, the, we're in the Afardol. Hashem raises us up from the dust, from the impoverished state that the Jewish people were in. The Jewish people were literally in the dust. They were collecting dirt in order to be able to make these um, bricks for the Egyptians, to be able to build their pyramids, etc. 
They were down on the lowest level and Hashem stood them up, brought them up to Him, as it were. Hashem says, I shall, I shall cause you to walk, standing up straight. And one more small thing, which is the same idea. There was a definite end. Hashem gave a sign for the Jewish people. Yaakov Shino, when is the Gula going to come? When are they going to be released? When are they going to be out of their bondage? When are we going to see that final redemption? And when is the redemption in Egypt going to happen? So he told Yaakov, The Jewish people are going to be like the dust of the earth, which was a blessing, because it was saying that there's going to be many of them, just like there's many particles of dust. But it also means that they will be downtrodden. When the Jewish people are downtrodden, they're down in the dumps, they're down in the earth, they're busy bending over, collecting earth in order to make these bricks. That's when they're going to have an awesome expansion. You want to know, you want to know how we merit to have a mun, how we merit to have a miraculous bread that rains down on the Jewish people for 40 years? We need to know that this is Hashomayim. This has to do with our Parnassah. We're going to get to it. We're going to understand what is Mamtir. What does it mean that God brings it down? He rains it down. You want to know how to get the miraculous bread? You want to know how to get Parnassah in a way which is Me'al HaTeva, above nature? So Hashem has a special way of doing that for the Jewish people. The Jewish people are in a different class, a different level. And, and that's connected to what we just talked about with the Umas HaOlam not being able to access it. And that is that the Jewish people have this unique relationship with Hashem, that we undergo a downtrodden state. We have to go into ghosts, we have to go into exile. But you should know that when we're in that place of exile, you don't have to worry. You don't have to wait too long. That downtrodden, the more downtrodden we are, the more we are assured, the more we are assured that we're going to get something awesome. Ufaratzta Yom HaVakem. There's going to be an amazing Ufaratzta means an expansion, an, an, a miraculous expansion. That's what the Mon is. The Mon is a miraculous expansion. The Ben Chai says, I have to share this with you because this is what it says. This is what the Mon is. It's the expansion of the Mon. The Mon, it says, is 60 Amis high. So, as I understood it, it means it rained down like the marble, and there was piles and piles of it so, so high that it was 60 Amis high. The Ben Chai says something even more amazing, and I think it fits in beautifully with, with this Medrash. The Mon, each and every Mon was a certain amount. It was an Amir Lagugailas. It was a, it was a, a piece of bread. Even if you have 600,000 pieces of bread, I'm saying, or one and a half million pieces of bread, it's spread out amongst the entire Jewish people. There was an encampment, a large encampment of the Jewish people. So what does it mean that it was expanded? So he's, That it was so high that it was 60 amas high. So he says an amazing thing. He says that each one of them was blown up. He says it was like whipped cream. When you take something which is whipped, so it gets much bigger than it really is. The man would start off, when it fell, it was expanded to be 60 amas high, 60 cubits high, between 90 and 120 feet. Okay, It was humongous, and then it would shrink down, and then the Jewish people would eat their man. That's what he says. It's fantastic, it's awesome, but what does it mean? It's this concept. It's this very concept. The man represents expansion. The man represents the, the number 60 represents expansion. The Jewish people are, are 60 
times 10,000. The Jewish people are the expansion. We are a limited people. We are a small people. Hakatoin Yele'elef. Right? It says in regards to the Jewish people, the small one will be a thousand. We're, we're considered small. In this world, we are trampled and we are considered small. But what happens is because of the smallness, because of this trampling, because of being oppressed, because of the oppression, these nations say it's impossible for the Jewish people to survive in a midbar. But because we went into the midbar, because we went into that wilderness, it's impossible to live there. That's why we live there in a miraculous way. That's where we experience expansion. That's what this is saying. This, I believe, is the, the message of the man. The message of the man is, Hashem is saying to us, the Umas HaOilam have a certain way of being. The Umas HaOilam have a certain way of being. Okay? And, and here I want to get to the word Matar, and I want to understand what the word Matar means. There's a Ramban on, on this Pasuk, right here, I'm not going to read it inside, but the Ramban explains what does the word Matar mean. We find the word Matar in regards to rain. What happens when rain rain falls? It falls. The word Matar has to do with falling. Now we have the word Matar in another word. It's the Matara. Matara is the target. If you, have a, if you have a bow and arrow and you want to shoot it at the target, it's called a Matara. It's the same word. Why, says the Ramban? Because when you shoot an arrow, it, it shoots up and then it comes down and hits the target. Now listen to this. This is my own thought and I believe that it's true. Matar is rain. The mabble is rain. The flood. Now think about it. What, is, what did the Umas Islams say? They say, you can't, have, you can't live in a midbar. Why? Because there are rules of the game. There are rules. There are rules to Parnassa. They don't view Parnassa as having the same gematria as Hashomayim, as the heavens. They say there are rules Hashem imbued into the world. If you do this, X, Y, Z, so then the result will be you'll have Parnassa. If you get a college education and you follow that up and you get your, you do your, all the things that need to be done, you'll have a Parnassa. There are certain rules. Okay, that's how the Umas live. So they live without Matar. They don't have Matar. You know what Matar means? Matar means that when it rains, it's, everything is directed. It has a matara. It has, it has a spot that it's supposed to hit. The, the rain hits the exact spot it's supposed to hit. The Umas Islam say, it starts to rain, they say, you know, it's just a global thing. It's just global. The rain rains everywhere. And if you're in the right spot at the right time, it's going to make your, your field grow. When the mobble came, think about this. Is this is an amazing thing? The mobble came; it was a general destruction. That's what it seemed like. It destroyed everything in its path. But Hashem says, "Hineni mamter, If you look at the pesukim in Noach, he uses the lashon mamter there. Hashem is going to rain it down. I think this is my understanding of it. It means it was a din, an individual, a, a tailored din. A tailored judgment on the individuals. It looked like a general destruction. There's no such thing as a general destruction. This is how I understand the word matar. Matar is matara. It's aimed at you. The water is going to come down. It's going to destroy every individual. It's not just destroying everybody. 
it's destroying individuals. And it brings up a Noach. Noach is saved inside of the boat. The water raises him up, separates him from everybody else. And it destroys each and every individual in the times of Noach. Am Yisrael accesses Mutter. Hinini Mantir Lochem. Mutter. Hinini Mantir Lochem, sorry, Lechem. I'm giving to you bread. Each and every person individually. There's a matara. It's aimed. Hashem is aiming. This piece of of of, of mon is aimed at this tzaddik. It lands right next to his tent. The middle type of person, it's aimed a little farther away from his tent. He's got to work a little harder. Why? Because he doesn't really completely believe that it's meant to be his. That, that Hashem is going to bring it to him. The, the Russia, it's a little farther away. He's not living with the Hashgacha. He's not living with the with the Mikimi may offer dull. He's not living in that place of humility, of wilderness. The nations of the world say, look, there are, these are the rules. You can't move into a place of wilderness and survive. They're going to die there. Hashem shows them, no, 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 my friends. This is a place where they will survive. This is the only place for the Jewish people. The Jewish people survive miraculously because they are oppressed, because they go through difficult times. And the expansion that they see afterwards is a result. The miraculous expansion that we see of the Jewish people today in Eretz Yisrael, close to 7 million Jews in Eretz Yisrael in the land of Israel, is a result of being oppressed. It's a result of 2,000 years of oppression and com- that culminated in a terrible, terrible time 80 years ago. But that oppression creates expansion. And only the Jewish people can access that expansion. Because this type of way of being was given to us. This was given to us. The Malchem Mizrach Umarav, the kings of the East and the West, they see this expansion. They praise Hashem, but it's not for them. What does it mean, the Malchem Mizrach and, and Mairav, the East and the West, the kings of the East and the West? They watch the sunrise in the East and they watch the sunrise in the West. Everything is just Teva. It's just natural. It's the way things go. So Hashem says, that's how it works for you. But you want to know how you access Manhu, Emuna, faith in God, Hashomayim, the Lechem comes down from the heavens, which is Parnasa, which is your livelihood. It's in a different way. If I'm always looking at how can I do things, do this, X, Y, Z. If I follow the advice of this business expert, if I follow the advice of this millionaire or billionaire, I'm going to make it too. That's not, that's not Yiddishkeit. That's not what the Torah wants us to learn. That's not why we read the Parshas Haman as a segula for Parnasa. We read the Parshas Haman, the manhu, because of Amuna. We read the Parshas Haman because it's Shomayim. That's where Parnasa comes from. It comes from Hashem. And how does it come? So I want to share with you one last thing, and that's the Gemara also in Yuma. The Gemara in Yuma says, Why didn't Hashem bring the man down once a year? Give them all the man that they need, and once a year, they'll, they'll store it away, they'll carry it with them. Why do you do it every single day? And the Gemara says that the reason that it was done this way was because it was like a king who has a son, and he wants his son to visit him. But you see, he gives his son 
if he gets his son a yearly stipend, so his son takes the money and he runs. He never sees him the whole year. Comes back once a year. Makes it a daily stipend. The prince comes home. Wants to, his father wants to see him. HaKadosh Baruch who wants us not to be so sure. Not to be so sure of where our money's coming from. He wants us to be not so sure, X, Y, Z, if I do these things, this is how the money's going to come. He wants us to know that it's not a global deal. That I just rain it down and, and you know, grab the dollar bills or not. It's in any mantra lachem, lachem in Hashemayim. There's a matara. Hashem says, I have a tailor made for you. Will you open up your hands to receive it? Or will you think that you have to grab it and it's your way? That's the difference between the way that the Umas Ailam think and the Jewish people think. And who sits? Who sits in peace under the Anani Akavit in the Midbar and in the future time when Mashiach comes? Who sits there? It's Kal Yisrael. The Umas Ailam, they, they watch it and they weep because they weren't given that opportunity. My, my servants will eat and you'll be hungry. It depends on us. How do we want to deal with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Do we want to deal with Him with nature? Or do we want to deal with Him with, with Amuna, With Bitachan? With faith in Him? Hashem, throughout this thing, I just heard somebody said to me, and we all perhaps know this, but you know, throughout the pandemic, we see that Hashem is Mamtir. Hashem decides. Hashem aims. There's a Matara. Every single person, we person could be very careful, something bad could happen. person could be completely not careful and nothing happens. I'm not saying we shouldn't do what we're supposed to do and we shouldn't be careful. But we do see as Hashem's in charge of everything. Hashem is showing us that in every single way. And He wants us to return to Him, just like the prince and the king. The king wants his son to return to Him and ask Him for his needs. Hashem wants us to know that, I don't know how I'm going to feed my family tomorrow, but there's a God. He loves me, and He cares about me, and He wants me to ask. So we got to ask. I want to bless you, and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to be able to have this connection, to be able to recognize, learn the story of the Mun, learn the amazing lesson of the Mun. Recognize the expansion that's possible. That 60 Amas, that number 60, which represents the expansion. It's, we can touch that, we can get to that. How do we get there? In the unique way which belongs only to Am Yisrael. Tough times, Buckle down. Look up. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.